This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Whatever you garden, wherever you garden. This is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's. And a great Saturday morning to one and all. And listen to that familiar voice. Well, there you are, yes, Franklin Proctor, the sous chef. Welcome uh, back. Thank you, thank you. And Grace, nice to see that little smiling face in the control room, too. Yes, indeed. And and uh, I hope you enjoyed the book I brought back for you. I, I did. I'm going to use it as a doorstop, if well, nothing else. <laughs> I, I picked it up, as I mentioned to you, but anybody who's going to toward the... Uh, Prince Edward County area, stop by the Picton Public Library. You can go in and for two bucks, Mm -hmm. you fill a bag full of books Mm -hmm. and walk out the door. No kidding. And you must have just broke your shoulders carrying out those heavy books. That was really something, the Book of Botanical Gardens of the World. Yes, exactly. The Great Botanical Gardens of the World. Signed by the sous chef. Of the garden. And the way you spell Sue is particularly appropriate. Well, I thought S-I-O-U-X would be good. That's right. Well, you were in Picton, after all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you yeah. know. It's, Just it's, me and the natives there. Yeah, you in honor of, uh, exactly, First Nations. <laughs> exactly. Now, this is the garden show. And it is. I've got to give out the phone numbers Alrighty. first of all, okay? Uh, 416-360-0740 for those listening in the Toronto area and anywhere else in the province. It's toll-free, one 866 By the way, thanks to Robbie Lane for helping out, filling in for me while I was away. He was very good. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, he is. He's a really nice guy. Well, now, don't get, you know. He's also really handsome. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But he's a really nice guy. Great big tall guy. Yeah, he's still, you know, only an under sous chef. Yeah, he's under sous chef. So don't don't in training. In training, exactly. Don't don't feel at all concerned. You you've got it. You're you're the best. Okay. And we missed you. Uh, all right. Now, a couple of important things. I know you're a little... I just have to do these things because you're forgetting. Our uh, mantra? Oh, yes. Call early, call often. One question per call. Perfect. My email, if you care to email, first initial C, last name Dobbin, C-D-O-B-B-I-N at am740.ca. We'll get do my best to get to some email today in amongst all the, the calls and the chit-chat. Uh, remember, if you miss a show... We are a podcast, which means the shows are saved. They're available to be listened to at mm-hmm. your convenience. Very simple. Just go to iTunes.com, search The Garden Show, or search AM740, or search Charlie Dobbin. You'll find the show. The dates are there. Listen in at your convenience. If for some reason you're out of listening range or, you know, you're busy on a beautiful, beautiful day like yeah, today. Yeah, oh, it's gorgeous. And don't get a chance to sit down for an hour between 9 and 10 when we are here every Saturday. Uh, what else? A couple of quick announcements. Put on your calendar, August 11th and 12th, the Lakefield and District Horticultural Society will be holding its 32nd annual, this is interesting, I've never heard of this, Antique 
and flower show. Mm. Okay, so what? It, uh, so antique and flower show and sale. It's at the Lakefield Smith Community Arena. So it's August eleventh. 11 to 8 o'clock, and then the 12th from 10 to 5. So it's a flower show where people are, you know, growing the best of the best, and they're going to be bringing in all these beautiful, lovely flowers to fulfill the criteria of the judged show. So you'll see some beautiful, beautiful arrangements. You'll also see some beautiful flowers. But meanwhile, it's also an antique sale. I love antique shopping. Yeah, Yeah. so dealers are invited in, and every year they try and change up who the dealers are just to keep it, you know, keep it interesting. So 36 second annual. If you're interested in any kind of neat uh, neat antiques, it's the place to be. <clears throat> so put that, like I say, on your list. Uh, remember as well, rain or shine every Sunday this summer, the Toronto Botanical Garden has um, is hosting children between the ages of 1 to 12 years old to participate in exciting and fun drop-in program where, and you should be writing this down, Frank, you can take your children or grandchildren and enjoy activities that both inspire and educate. Well, right. so it's only it's um six. What is it? Six dollars per child or four dollars if you're a member. Uh, so less, obviously, money than a movie. Drop in and spend as long as you want in the TBG's James Boyd Children's Center. It's designed, like I said, to engage children's curiosity about nature and gardening. That's a good idea. Yeah, the yeah. TBG provides families with an exciting indoor learning space. It's filled with the collections of living plants and animals, specimens and models. And then, of course weather permitting, you're out in the garden wandering about, uh, checking out this children's gar- special, you know, grown by kids' gardens, vegetable gardens, you know, oh, herb gardens. Super. Yeah. It's very fun. So, nice Sunday, you're looking for an outing, take the kids, do a little drop-in at TBG. Just to be clear, that is at 111 Lawrence Avenue East, Lawrence at York Mills. Wait a minute. Lawrence at Leslie. There you go. Oh, <laughs> almost. Just oh, about almost, didn't make sense yes, there. Yes, yes. Uh, and we have to push along. I'm we getting do. a signal from uh, our, the, uh, what now, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to say producer, but I want to give her a bigger title yeah. than that. The queen producer. How's that? <laughs> yes, the queen producer that Stanley from Powassan is waiting on the line, and we will talk to Stanley in just a couple of moments. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds. Well, let's see, at 9.13, we say uh, good morning to Stanley there in Powassan. How are you doing, Stanley? Good morning. Fine. Morning. Morning. Uh, this flowering crab, I'd like to ask a question about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> it doesn't seem to be doing very well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's hardly any leaves on it. It's... Uh, the ones out in the front are fine. And I also see this year there isn't a whole lot of moss on it. The moss seems to be disappearing on the, the bark itself. <clears throat> mm, well, there isn't typically moss on the bark of trees, but if there is a kind of a gray or even orange-yellow fuzzy growth on trees, that's lichen on the on the bark, which is not quite the same as moss. But you're right, it, it's, it's not really, um won't tell you whether it's healthy or not, but certainly lichen is not harmful to, to the plants. I mean, the, the the tree, you know, it almost looks like it's dying to me. Yeah, you know? well, it, it, when you say there's very few leaves, did it have a bunch of leaves earlier in the season and they've dropped? Well, there's been a few coming down, yes. Mm-hmm. And did it flower this spring? Uh, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, so you got a few crab apples on it. Yeah. Um, is it a fairly newly planted crab or has it been there for many years? I don't know. When we bought the house... Uh, in 2004, it was there, so it's, right. you know, it's about, uh, I guess, uh, 18 feet tall or so. Okay, so it's been Would there be for... better if I was to do some trimming and cut it down more? Would that help it? Uh, 
Okay, what I would suggest, keep in mind, there are, are many, many varieties of flowering crab, yeah. crab apple trees out there. Some are very susceptible to fungal diseases and insects. Some are not as susceptible. They, they have a built-in resistance as part of their genetics. Yeah. It's likely that the one that's in your front yard, as you said, it's, it's looking a little ragged compared to the crabs in the backyard, it's likely that it is a different variety than the ones in the back, yeah. and it is a variety that is more susceptible, likely to something that uh, is a fungal d- disease. And if you look closely at the leaves that are dropping early, by the time they hit the ground, they're probably mostly yellow. Yeah. But when they're still up on the tree, they start by getting some black spots on them. Oh, yeah. Almost like a, if you looked really closely, it's almost like a black fuzzy, um, you know, real sooty look to the leaves. Yeah. Then they'll turn yellow and drop early. So, so is there any kind of like oil spray yeah. put on in the spring or something? Absolutely. I'd even be inclined to do it this fall and th- this coming spring. And it is a, something called dormant spray. Yeah. And it is, as you suggest, it is oil. It's horticultural oil. If you buy the kit, you'll find it's oil and lime sulfur. Yeah. I would recommend that you use both the oil and the lime sulfur, obviously following the directions, mix together, add some water, and spray as per, you know, proper temperature and, and wind, et cetera, conditions. Kind of harmful if you get it on you, then you mean? Uh, no, it smells oh. like rotten eggs. The sulfur smells like rotten eggs. Okay. And the oil, of course, will stain your clothing if, yeah. it, if it blows back on you. Yeah. So that's why you try to always spray when it's not windy. Yeah. Um, when a plant is dormant, which means there's not a lot of leaves on it, and you're spraying, there is going to be overspray, of course, because you're, you know, it's going to be going right through between the branches. Yeah. So that's why it, you, know, you do want to be careful. And it, certainly we don't do any spraying when it's very, very hot. Yeah. Uh, so do pay attention to those kind of different you know, important parameters. How about fertilizer? Uh, just put the uh, regular grass seed goes around. I mean, the uh, grass <coughs> fertilizer is on the ground around it. Okay, so, and that's good for the grass. That will typically never feed trees. Oh, it doesn't it? No. So, but this, now we're at the end of July. It is too late to be feeding our trees. So what you'll do is you can sort of make yourself some notes that you want to do a dormant spray this fall. Yeah. Next spring, you want to do a dormant spray again. But next spring will be the time to do some fairly, if necessary, radical pruning. I wouldn't recommend you do it yourself. I would recommend you hire an arborist, preferably a certified arborist, who will do the pruning properly for you. Crab apples have their own way, their own proper way to be pruned for the proper shape and health of the plant. Uh, So if you can, that's what I would do is bring in somebody who knows what they're doing to do your pruning. So next spring it'll be pruning, it'll be spraying, it'll also be fertilizing. And you'll do all those things next spring. And spring is any time from sort of mid-March right through to mid-May, depending on the kind of spring we're having. Like last year, we had a lot of those uh, tent caterpillars. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, yeah. They're awful on the trees. And did you cut them out, or what yes, did yes, you do? cut them out and yeah. put them in some water with some Ajax and yeah. Javix and uh, get rid of them that way. Watched them drown. Yeah. <laughs> good, good for you. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thank good luck you, with Stanley. that. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Okay, take care of Powassan. Yeah, and just to anybody who might be listening and thinking about needing a certified arborist or you know, a highly skilled pruner on the property, the way to find a good skilled arborist is go to www. I-S-A, so International Society of Arborists, Ah, I-S-A, and then keep it more local, do it I-S-A Ontario, all one word, dot com. And there will be a big long list of all the the members of the society in Ontario, where they're located, all their contact info.
Okey-dokey. Thanks for that, Stanley. Well, Elizabeth from Brampton. Hello there, and good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Um, I have a U that has gotten totally out of control. Mm-hmm. It, we trim it every year, but it can't. we can't seem to keep up with it, and now it's so high that my husband, even on the top rung of the stepladder, can't reach it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. And I don't want to get rid of it, but I no. wondered how severely I could prune it. You can prune. The nice thing about yews is you can, be, you can prune them quite radically. Uh, they are, unlike many evergreens, a yew will bust forth with new growth just about anywhere on the plant. Oh. So if, you know, and, and the timing on something like this is always a little tricky. Have you done any trimming on this U this year at all? Not this year yet. Okay. So what I would try and do is do it as soon as possible, preferably today. Okay. Uh, get out there, you know, take the chainsaw if necessary. You can be, like I say, fairly radical. When you are pruning, of course, we never remove more than one third of the plant at any one time. Okay. So, you know, if it's 10 feet tall, you could bring it down three feet, and okay. that's fine. You can also narrow the plant uh, in terms of the, you know, if it's getting too wide, uh, taking up too much of the property. Uh, uh, all of a sudden now, you're going to see a lot of wood, right? Yeah. You're going to see a lot of naked gray bark. <laughs> Frank, yeah. Frank's eyebrows that, just hit the roof. That woke me up. Wait, <laughs> naked what? Oh, <laughs> Naked gardening. Come on. You've heard about that, haven't you? <laughs> well, I can just picture you, your little wine bag out there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, strung on my back. <laughs> um, the, um, all right, so there's, there's your you with all this dark, you know, gray bark and, and exposed, uh, you know, no green showing at all. The great thing about a U, though, is that next spring it will, it's unlikely to do it this year, though it may, but for sure next spring and summer you will see all kinds of green growth fill in and you won't see all that, that those, um, you know, naked branches right. and limbs. So if I waited till closer to fall when it wouldn't look so bad being naked, would that not be good? It, there's a timeline that it's not good to prune any of our plants. Oh. Uh, and that timeline is sort of mid-August right through till about the end of September. Right. And the reason we don't want to do any kind of big pruning in that time frame is that if you prune then, well, if you prune at any time, but what will happen is you start causing the plant to grow. It's a, a response on the plant's part is to send out a whole bunch of new growth oh, when okay. we prune. And you don't ever want to send out a whole bunch of new growth as we head into winter. Right, right. So if you prune after late September... That's fine. The plant is dormant enough that you can prune and it, it won't do anything. It'll right. just wait till next spring. If you prune now, if some new growth were to pop out in the next few weeks, it's okay because that should be hardened off enough to get through winter. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, right, Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us on the show. This is the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow. And here we are, my friends, once again. And I say we, the royal we, uh, not, not so, no. It, the queen of the garden is, of course, Charlie Dobbin. Well, thank you very much. The queen of the producers is Grace. Mm-hmm. And I'm just lowly knave Frank. Yes, indeed. fielding the calls and whatever mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Just being our wonderful little sidekick, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> to oh, kick you every now and then. <laughs> I was going to say the kick part, uh, I guess. Yes. Joanne in Port Colburn. Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning. Morning. Um, I have a 
a question regarding euonymus plants. Mm-hmm. Now, I have quite a few around the house. I have very old, well-established ones along the front and the side of the house and some young, smaller plants alongside the garage. And uh, recently I noticed that the one plant along the garage uh, was covered with these tiny little threads, the um, the leaves and the bark. It was just sandy-colored with these little threads that were attached onto it. And I took a, a, a piece of it to a local greenhouse, and she said that it was airborne euonymus scale. Mm-hmm. Um, now, she said that uh, it's hard to get rid of, uh, get rid of it, and it will affect the other, the other plants. Mm-hmm. So I took it out, and I got rid of it. And uh, now I see that the one very well-established large plant in the front is covered with this scale too and i don't quite know what to do about it uh my husband said that he it's been on there before in a previous year and just we just didn't realize what it was Mm -hmm. okay so when you took when you had the identification of the insect scale is an insect just so that you you understand that and there's a very limited window in which you can actually control that insect with a spray. And the spray you use is the same horticultural oil I was referring to with our caller about crab apples. Okay. Um, because the way scale works, the little insect uh, builds or, or grows a, a shell over its body, which protects it from birds and from any kind of outside pesticides. But Prior to that shell growing, when it's still a very, very young little insect and it's exposed to the world, that's when you can control and and actually annihilate quite a lot, if not all of the insects, with horticultural oil. Your timing on that is, believe it or not, right around now, now and for the next 10 days. Uh, So what I would do, and when you saw the garden center person, uh, so you have somebody who's capable of of, um, doing the, the... recognition that this is what the insect is, they will likely carry something called horticultural oil on the shelf right mm-hmm. now. And so I would go back to them. Uh, I would get a hold of some of this oil, follow the instructions. There will be instructions on the package for controlling euonymus scale. It's a very specific insect that only goes on euonymus, no other plants. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And so you're right. It's a bit scary because the scale can move to other plants, uh, to other euonymus plants. So you want to try and control it as much as possible. When your husband said he felt you'd had the scale insect in the past, you didn't do anything about it. It all kind of worked itself out. It is possible that that's true, that you've had... Because scale, like many insects, it's a population that goes up and down differently in different years. Um, When plants are more stressed for whatever reasons... They're more likely to become infested and more likely to really, really, truly be affected by an infestation versus a super healthy plant. Uh, perhaps, again, uh, birds and, and other insects coming along and eating the scale can help control. And if the plant is super healthy, it can kind of withstand mm-hmm. an infestation like scale. Mm-hmm. But I would, I, I, if it's an old established euonymus, you don't want to run the risk of losing it entirely. So I would do my best to try and do some spraying on yes. it. Yes. Uh, Per now, did my description of the of the insect actually ring a bell with you? That that little thread light look that the the, um, uh, the branches and the leaves actually look like they're covered in this beigey beigey little thread. There are very few insects that uh, actually infest or attack euonymus. Uh-huh. <clears throat> scale is one of them. Okay. And wh- usually, how we identify scale is more by bumps on the bark. 
And they're just little tiny bumps or not much bigger than the head of a pin type size. This is longish. Yeah, no, but about a about a sixteenth of an inch long type of thing. Right, because you're, like you're, yeah. the, was suggested to you that these have blown in, and that's what those little threads are all about—that mm-hmm. they've been airborne—and mm-hmm. that's why I'm recognizing that this time of year is one of the few times you will see scale in that form because they have arrived recently. They are. Um, available to be controlled with sprays. I should probably spray all my euonymus with this spray? I would certainly do a really close look at all the euonymus, and I would recognize that, you know, look very closely for any of these kind of bumps. They're going to be gray. Uh, They're going to... See, you could even see some bumps from the past that are still hanging on. So you try and flick it with your thumb. If it just flicks right off and it's dry, there's no insect in there. If the bump is really kind of holding on tight, and when you do get it off with your thumbnail, you flip it over and you can see kind of a little white, almost like a little tiny bit of white fuzz inside, mm-hmm. that's the insect. Okay. So, yeah, do, do a little bit of, you know, um, detective work in the garden and spray as required. Okay, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Appreciate Great, it. thanks for calling in, Joanne, from Port Colburn. And it is now 9.31 here at AM 740, mm-hmm. Zoomer Radio, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. And uh, let's see here. We're going to, oh, uh, Welland, mm-hmm. where Jack is uh, in residence. Hello, Jack. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. Um, I have a question about a mallow, mm-hmm. and it's called uh, a Malva Silvestri. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had a real long stem on it when I bought it, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the flowers, the buds would come, and then it would go into, instead of a flower, it would go into a seed. Hmm. So now what I did is I cut that long stem off, mm-hmm. and I've got a whole bunch of little ones coming at the bottom of the stem. Okay. Okay. So how do I uh, winter this plant? Oh, it should be hardy. It, it, it's, I'm assuming it's growing right now in a sunny, uh, well-drained soil. It is uh, native to North America, uh-huh. uh, very easy plant, as long as it's in a good location. It's a happy, healthy plant in your garden now. Uh, I find it unusual that, that it could have gone from flower straight, or from bud to seed. Bud I'm, to seed. I'm wondering if it, it flowered, you know, you blinked one day and missed it, because they are not long-lived flowers, no question. But usually, they it will, it's a... Um, I believe it's called a raceme when it when it's a stem with multi buds that open over a period of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so similar to a daylily, any one flower doesn't last very long, but as a whole, the flowering stem should last for at least a week or ten days. Yeah. Uh, so I'm surprised you didn't see any flowers on it or color on it. Okay. Uh, but cutting it down was the right thing to do. It causing had flowers on it for a short period of time. Okay, and then uh, the flowers all died off. Okay, and of course I thought. Um, that I was going to, the buds came out and they were green, mm-hmm. they would turn brown and mm-hmm. into seeds. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, de- unless you want to have more mallow in your yard, doing what you did is the right thing to do. Cutting off, removing the finished flower before it puts a lot of energy into seed production is the right thing to do in order to encourage more flowering, which is what is likely to happen now. As, uh, you know, no more fertilizing of any of our perennials and trees and shrubs, so don't think about fertilizing. Just enjoy what's happening in the garden now. Um, you can continue to deadhead as necessary with the in with your garden plants, and then you'll find couple of good frosts. A lot of these plants are just going to disappear as we get into September, October, November. Uh, stake it or mark it just to, so you know where it is in the spring, and it should pop up no problem. 
Oh, okay. All right, the root should stay alive without any issues. All right. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Jack. Enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. And uh, you're listening, by the way, to AM740 Zoomer Radio here in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And all sorts of ways to listen to this radio station. But the latest that has been added to the mix is by, uh, if you are on the Rogers Cable system anywhere in Ontario, just tune in Channel 949. And there we are, on cable and crystal clear. It'd be funny if we really were there. Oh, my God. Visually. Yes, I'm wearing I'm wearing my my little shorts today. <laughs> be showing off my little hairy legs. That's okay. Nobody would see that. Well, but hopefully we, not. We look no. pretty good, actually. You're green. I'm purple. Yeah, we're, we're looking quite gardeny. Well, thank you, thank I you. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, there's a call from Pickering here with a lovely name attached to it, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Just Conception or Conception? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> is is it pronounced Conception? Yeah, Conception. Okay, Conception. That's yes. Wonderful. Okay. Morning. Morning. Go ahead, dear. Yeah, uh, I have a question to the Queen of Garden, Charlie <laughs> Robin. Okay. Yeah. I'm listening. I have hydrangea. Mm-hmm. I planted it maybe late 2007. Mm-hmm. In 2009, I got one flower of the blue. I planted blue and pink. Mm-hmm. The blue had <coughs> one flower. The pink do not bear flower. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and, and I'm very sad this 2010. It has no flower, the two, the pink and the blue. It's the summer is almost uh, finishing. Hmm. What will I do, Charlie? Do you do you remember were were they called endless summer hydrangeas? No, I don't hear about that. <laughs> do you remember uh, when you purchased them? What kind of hydrangeas they were? Uh, I don't know. Also, the kind of hydrangea, but I bought it just uh, uh, with flower, and then I yeah. I planted it. Okay. Well. Um, it's interesting. Some years are better than others for plants. For example, this was an amazing year for the clematis or clematis. They just bloomed like crazy. However, oh this has yeah. not been a great year for hydrangea. Uh, certainly of the macro, the, the ball type flowering ones, the, the big ball flowers. Some are blooming quite nicely. Many are not. Uh, what I would do is don't, don't panic yet. Um, make sure that the soil has lots of organic matter in it where you're gardening, uh, so that if your soil is gravelly or super clay, make sure you're adding compost or good quality composted manure so that you've got a real good soil around those hydrangeas. Make sure as well they're getting at least four hours of sunlight every day. They can take more than that, but they are best if they get at least four hours of sun. And don't panic. This, they're going to be green. They're going to be fat and green and juicy, I think, this summer. But next year, I hope and anticipate we're going to get lots of flowers. Oh, because I, hope, I hope so, Andre. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, mm-hmm. when, did, when, did, uh, I, when will I cut the leaves and the stem? Le- Is it early, early fall, early winter? No, spring. You'll wait till spring. Early spring? Yep, just l- leave them alone, completely alone this fall. Uh, and then next spring, when all the little buds and the, you know, the birds start, first start to sing and things are starting to come alive in the garden, you'll go out to your hydrangea and you'll look at the stems and they will be brown and there'll be little buds along the stems and they may be brown or they may be green. Yeah, yeah, so, I saw it brown. That's right. So you cut with your pruners right down until you see green. And that means you're doing this cutting or pruning. Usually it's April uh, pickering. It might be, yeah, early April, mid april you wait till this green starting to show and then you cut off all the brown down to the green i will not remove the green leaves no 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 leave them alone now wait till next spring wait and see what's alive and what's dead and only remove the dead 
Okay. Okay. Okay, Charlie. Uh, one more question. Oh, I'm sorry. Conception. Con uh, my rose con have a long, long, long <laughs> stem up, going up in the air. Do I need to cut it during this uh, winter also? Oh, Conception, you really sneaking in another question there. Uh, only if it's dangerous. If that big stem is going to hit somebody in the head in the wind, then you'll cut it down. I always cut all my roses down to at least roughly uh, waist height or even lower hip height in the yeah. fall. And then I cut them much lower in the spring. So okay. on principle, you may want to cut it down, but not yet. Not no yet. cutting yeah. of your Very roses. Dead, real long, long, long. <laughs> yep. We do all our rose cutting in November, December. So no, no okay. rush on that. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk more about roses when the weather really means it's time to get into the roses. For now, thank, thank enjoy you, Conception. the flowers. Uh, lovely name, yeah. Conception. Like uh, meantime, rolls uh, off the tongue yeah, very nicely. We're, we're going to take a little bit of a break here momentarily. All right. Just want to remind folks mm -hmm. that uh, you are Charlie Dobbin, the master gardener, and yeah, exactly. part of your job is not just being here in studio. You go out to people's homes mm -hmm. and you know give them advice and absolutely uh, set up not a, a for plan. free. I might point out. Well, of course, <laughs> we hope not. Good Lord, we'd like to see you survive. Exactly. Yeah. So consulting, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Consulting yeah. is one of the things I definitely do. For folks private can, homeowners, yeah, folks can contact you with your webs or your uh, email. Actually. That's right. Just through like yes, yeah. through this email is probably the best, which I did mention earlier. C Dobbin at am seven forty dot ca. Just before we run off to a, a quick little break. Uh, I know you had a wonderful holiday and you haven't had much oh, chance to share all the fun yeah, you had. No. I, too, was on a little break <clears throat> the last few days. I was up the Bruce Peninsula visiting some gardens. Oh, uh, so really, I was up yeah. Wyerton, Lion's Head, uh, you know, Capel. Oh, that's, that's great country. Boy, yeah. I had some of the nicest ice cream in the Keppel General Store. They do all these wonderful homemade ice creams. Lavender ice cream. Ooh, which that sounds good. Yeah, like, it sounds like, you know, not like too much aroma, but it was perfectly, perfectly flavored. It was just made with honey and lavender. Oh, just a little Did, did you gem. bring some back for Grace and I? No, no I'm no, sorry, but didn't. it was really good. It's worth going up there. It's a beautiful drive, <sighs> and the ice cream is to die for, and there are some amazing gardens. Okay. Well, thank you for the wonderful advice, but not the ice cream. Okay. Thank you. 9.40 the time. <laughs> we'll be back to talk to Harry and Mrs. Hogan right after these words. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds. AM740, Frank Proctor here along with Charlie Dobbin on AM740 at 942. Let's say hi to Harry in Mississauga. Good morning, Harry. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good, thanks. Morning, uh, Harry. Nice to, uh, I listen to your show every Saturday morning and uh, thoroughly enjoy it. Thank you. Great. My question is, uh, I have... Um, potted geraniums on my balcony mm -hmm. and they're in about 10 inch pots now when we bought them from the uh, garden center earlier this spring they were loaded with flowers and everything was great mm -hmm. and then once the flowers died off there's no new flowers coming back on now i've been um, fertilizing them um, once a week with miracle grow all-purpose uh, fertilizer okay and it's 24 8 16. Mm -hmm. But I think last week I heard you tell somebody that it's the middle number that should be the highest. Mm -hmm. So For flowering plants or for rooting, oh, uh, we okay. generally think about the middle number being the higher number, which is the phosphorus. Okay. Um, so all purpose is 24 8 16. But that's, yeah, I know. It used to be, I think Mir Miracle Grow used to be 15 30 15. 
as far as I recall, and then changed to 24-816 for some chemistry, chemical chemistry reason. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be... Okay, you mentioned that there were flowers when you got the geraniums. Now, yes. when the flowers finished, did you remove them? Yes, I did. Okay, and did you uh, just take the little ball bits off, or did you follow right down the stem and no. remove the stem? Yeah, I break them right down at okay, the perfect. ball. And so since then, no new flower buds have no. formed. The foliage is beautifully green, yeah. uh, robust, and... Uh, but there's no flowers. And they are receiving a fair amount of sun? Yes, they get lots of sun. Okay, so they're not limited by light. And no. one other question, when you bought the geraniums, were they in little 4-inch pots? Uh, no, they're in 10-inch pots. They are now. but did the larger ones. Okay, so you bought them in those 10-inch pots. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this doesn't make sense then. Because uh, I was going to say, sometimes when we pot from a very small pot and we dramatically jump up to a much bigger pot, mm-hmm. plants go into a bit of a shock and we'll stop uh, producing things like flowers. Mm-hmm. So you're just not seeing a lot of flowers. Well, that's a bit of a... Of a hmm. mm-hmm. Do you have any other fertilizer on hand besides miracle Grow? I don't want to say anything um, against miracle Grow, but I'm just... I don't at the moment, you don't. but I can always buy some. Yeah, because, I mean, like I say, we, when we think of flowering plant fertilizers, though the miracle Grow you're using will say right on it, it's for fruits and vegetables and flowering plants, it, right? As it says, for all flowers, vegetables, trees, shrubs, lawns, houseplants. Okay, so you know what? We're going to have to get um, Glenn on here. <laughs> Glenn's our, our all-purpose Scots guy who answers all our yeah. questions. Uh, just to, to explain a little bit about what the 24-816, why. I mean, we know that the first number, nitrogen, supports green growth and encourages it, which is why they're looking green and lush. Mm-hmm. Now, it might be because phosphorus levels have risen to such a high level in our... See, phosphorus doesn't really go anywhere. Nitrogen leaches, nitrogen moves through our soil. It's soluble in water. It goes out into the water table and we don't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Phosphorus tends to hang around oh, and yeah. and as and it moves as well, which is why we're getting you know algae bloom in, in our various water systems. And it might be partly that, that there's been a pullback on some of the phosphorus and some of the fertilizer because there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. Well, our, dish, our detergents are now phosphate-free for just that reason because the, the phosphates are building up to such a high level. So Do they it, lose their strength at all? No, I bought this last year. No, no, the fertilizer's it's fine. As long right. as it's been kept dry, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. um, no issues there. Um, I wouldn't, and you've been fertilizing every two weeks? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, the only suggestion I would make would be consider a try another fertilizer, which is going to have that higher middle number. Yeah. Uh, you know, and start a, a regime of every two weeks just through through August, mm-hmm. uh, because there's. I mentioned earlier in the show, no more fertilizing trees and shrubs and roses, but certainly we do keep fertilizing our annual flowers, mm-hmm. our vegetables, our herbs, and our lawns right through till frost. Yeah. Uh, that so would be yeah maybe a good idea. The center number could be higher. Yeah. Yeah, that's that 15, 30, 15 we always think about. It's a ratio, 1, 2, 1, right? So it could be 5, oh, 10, 5. Okay. Right? It's just well, that I'll idea. buy some other fertilizer and uh, see how that works. Because okay. Because we're into the end of July. That's right. You they want some flowers. For another two or three months yet. For so, sure. Yeah. And I'm going to follow up with Glenn and we'll see if we can yeah. get him. He won't. I won't be able to get him for next week, but the week after. We'll see if we can get okay. Scott's rep here to explain a little more about miracle Grow. Good. Thank you very Thanks much, Thanks so Charlie. much. Hey, Have th- a nice day. Thanks, Harry, and uh, thank you for calling in from Mississauga. 9.47 the time. You know, just a quick note about um, my uh, wife and I, die uh, mm-hmm. coming back from vacation. We were in Picton for a little while there. We drove through a wonderful little town called Brighton. Oh, And Brighton's as beautiful. we're driving through, 
I, I looked over to my left-hand side in the road, and here's a big sign saying Proctor Museum and the Proctor Simpson Barn Theater. So we actually stopped in. There's a Proctor Conservation Area there and uh, a, a beautiful home that was restored in 1976, the Proctor uh, Family Home. Really? And it's, oh, it's absolutely beautiful. That can be attested to, I'm sure, by Isabel, who's calling in from Brighton. Hello, Isabel. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm fine. I just loved your town. Yes, it's wonderful, isn't it? It sure is. It's they very say pretty. that that place is haunted, too. By oh, is that right? <laughs> yes. The ghosts of the Proctor. I yeah, say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Up on the widow's walk there. That, that's right. He used, and John F. John E. Proctor, I think it was, used to have a very important guy in town. He owned a shipping company as well right. as a, a myriad of other businesses and what have you. But he had a, a, a widow's walk up there, glassed in, so he could watch his ships come through into the harbor. I see. Yeah. <laughs> but it's haunted, huh? Gosh. Mm. I'm going to have to go back there. Yes, you do. <laughs> See, oh, you can... Move down here. It's well, wonderful. Oh, it's pretty. <laughs> beautiful part of the country. And very active horticultural society in Brighton as well. Yes, it is. I'm calling back about the yams or sweet potatoes. I, you said you would uh, check it and look it up, and somehow I missed you, and some lady did call in after me suggesting that her husband started them in the spring by just putting them in water. That's right. Well, we bought one and tried it. They just rot. We kept, we kept oh. changing the water every day. Really? Well, that didn't work for us, but I wonder what you were able to come up with. Well, um, it was uh, the woman who called in. Actually, I'm just looking back here. It was uh, it was Hazel who called from Stouffville to answer your question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said that they suspended a sweet potato in water. Mm-hmm. And you found that when you suspended a sweet potato, it rotted. Yeah, it didn't work for oh. us. Now, I know we're not starting early enough, but uh, we're experimenting for next spring and right. trying to find something that we can do. Okay, well, do keep in mind that from a, the plant's physiology, the it, it, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. So that uh, the plants know that it's July now versus March. Yeah. Right? They, you know, there's that, you know, days get longer, you know, temperatures are going up. The the actual you know chemistry and physiology of the plants is very responsive to those longer days, and you will see bursts of growth from all kinds of things, including sweet potatoes, which might go to what's happening with your rotting sweet potatoes now. Days are actually getting shorter. I was just wondering if there's any other way of starting them. We can't seem to find any information anywhere. Oh my. Okay. So I I wondered if you had heard um, that answer from from Hazel, and I didn't actually do a ton of. Uh, I did hear hers. Yes, I did, but I didn't hear any follow-up about okay. it from you, so well, I, you're I'll right. bug you again. Well, thank you for <laughs> bugging me again, and I'm now scribbling myself another note, and I will follow up. But I'll warn you, I am not here next week. Uh-huh. I will be away. Dennis Flanagan will be sitting in this chair. and Maybe Dennis will know. Maybe Dennis will know. Yeah. That's a good point. I'll send him a quick email. Maybe he can follow up on that and provide some information well, that would be wonderful. to you. We just love them, and we have yeah. a lot of property. We'd like to grow some ourselves. Oh, I don't blame you. Yeah. They're so good. Well, have a nice and time good for on you. your way. Thank you very much. And, Come um, and enjoy Brighton. Oh, I love to. It's a lovely, it lovely sure little town, boy, I tell you. All right. Well, thank you again for your call, and, and keep listening. We'll, we'll get that sorted out. Okay, thanks a lot. Right. Thank you, Isabel. Uh, and here we are in the Garden Show, 10 minutes away from uh, the top of the hour in the news with Bob Shepard. Mm-hmm. And I'll take over and do my uh, Live in the City show. Yes, exactly. And uh, what is going on in the city? Uh, 
Oh, just a scad of things. But I'm not going to be dealing just in Toronto no. because summertime, a lot of people are out in cottage country. There's a wonderful uh, event happening up in Barrie, the right. Kempton Fest. Uh, we've got Canal Days happening, in, as I mentioned, in Port, Port Colborne. Col- but there's also a wonderful play I'm going to tell anybody who can get to Port Colborne at Showboat Theater, get to see Sitting Pretty. We'll be talking to the um, artistic director uh, oh, show, and that. a whole bunch of other stuff. Oh, you're just like, you're just... I know. Oh, and I've got I've got a wonderful artist that I'm going to introduce uh-huh. folks to. She's up in uh, Kempenfeld. Uh, let's see, Irene McKenzie mm-hmm. won first place in the watercolor division in this mm. uh, show last year, and I mean it's a big, big show. So. You are one connected guy. I am, and of course, Caravana. Oh yeah. So All lots of road of, closures yep. on that. So keep oh, that in mind if you're driving yes. <laughs> anywhere downtown. <laughs> Nothing new about that. Gardening advice, you've come to the right place. The AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of Miracle Grow. <laughs> and Frank Proctor, along with Charlie, bidding you a good morning and a great looking Saturday. John from Mississauga. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I talked to you a couple of months ago. We had a hibiscus plant and it was covered with the little white flies. Mm-hmm. So I bought your, you told me, end all, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the hibiscus died. <laughs> Thanks for the update. <laughs> Sounds like a comic routine, doesn't it? <laughs> no, I got Don't it on laugh. the other plant. The plant died. Um, and I've been spraying maybe once a week, and uh, I just sprayed again this morning. Okay, and you, this is with the product called Endol. Yeah. And you're reading the instructions in terms of shaking it bef- be- as you're, uh, during and as you're spraying? Gee, I guess I didn't this morning anyway. Okay, just because what Endol is, it's pyrethrins, which are naturally occurring um, plant or, you know, insecticide mixed with oil, actually canola oil. And as you know, oil and water naturally separate. So in order to spray the entire plant with the entire product, you have to really, really shake and shake and agitate oh, the whole thing. Maybe that's the trouble then. And take it outside as well because it, the overspray, you certainly don't want to be spraying oil with, that might hit your furniture or curtains or walls. Mm-hmm. So I we'll always recommend and if this really is white fly, little tiny white flies that will fly, right? They fly around. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. pure white. All right. So right. when you try and spray those, the little adults will fly away. It's very hard to actually kill them. But I get them in midair. <laughs> that's right, chasing them around. But the eggs are on the backs of the leaves. So it's very, very important that when you're spraying, you are spraying up from below and spraying the backs of the leaves. Yeah, I try, but it's very hard. You gotta you have to lift the plant up in the air to do it, really. Yeah, or lay it down on its side, or you lie down on the floor and spray up. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> or you're right, you know, put it up on a table. You know, if you have a picnic table or something, put it outside. Uh, just drape it with some newspaper or whatever before you spray, just because of the overspray issue. Right. But it is it is effective. The um, Keeping in mind that it's really the oil that's going to kill the white fly. White oh, fly are resistant to all chemical insecticides. They've been sprayed for too many years with too many chemicals, and they have grown to be resistant. Mm-hmm. So it's the oil that will suffocate the young. The adults will get out of the way, but the young will die, and oh. that's why you'd spray more than once. Well, the, there, I have one plant there now that seems to be... Uh, more concentrated with them than the other plants. The others only have one or two flies on them. Mm-hmm. And the, are they all hibiscus we're talking about, or what are the plants? Oh, no, I I don't know half of them. we got okay. about six. we got uh, begonias and uh, 
Oh, I forget. I'll tell you the one plant, though, it, it, the leaf on it, it just have a, a pink flower, but it's gone now. Mm-hmm. But it, the leaf looks almost like a maple leaf in a cup shape. Looks oh. like a little cup. Okay, and the little pink flower, did it look like a little bell almost? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, what's not commonly called flowering maple. Oh. By the sounds of it. Never knew the name. Abutilon is the proper name. A B U. T-I-L-O-N, abutilon, is oh. the proper name of, of flowering maple. It isn't really a maple. It's just something that fla- looks like a maple. It does. The leaves look like a maple, yeah. Are any of these plants outside, or are they all inside your house? Well, they're all outside now. They're all outside. Okay, good. Um, all right. Well, when when the hibiscus yeah. got so bad, we had to take it outside mm. because... It was crazy in here. Just a, just a bunch of flying things around. Well, the trick is uh, we know the white fly will die in the winter. Okay, it will not survive outside. This How- is when it actually started in the winter inside. I know. Yeah, it comes in typically on something. We just don't see it coming in. Oh, I see. So, yeah, whether it comes in on a poinsettia or it comes in on something, it does. And then it's in our homes in the winter. But the trick is it will die outside. Whitefly cannot survive our winters, but neither will any of these tropical plants survive. No, no, so you want to have them, them clean in. and clear. Some pruning might help because all the whitefly eggs and the adults will be on the tips and the new growth. Oh. Some some pruning back and some spraying as per directions is what I would be concentrating on okay. at this point. And don't spray when it's hot and don't spray in the sun. Oh. All right. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for calling so in, much, John. John. We'll give her a try. Yeah, okay. good luck with that again. <laughs> Winning the prize for the best delivery of a line this morning. You know? Exactly. I followed your advice. The plant died. Yes. You know? <laughs> I loved it. You really loved that. I well, think I John did. was sad, though, that this plant well, died. Well, of course. But you thought it was funny. Well, uh, his delivery was the funny. Delivery. <laughs> yes, I do. And we've got to deliver the news. That we are coming do. Up, so, bumping up next to us. And you'll have to deliver your show coming up after this as well. Yes, so indeed. thank you very, very much. For Charlie, see you in two. See you in two weeks, and welcome back again. Well, thank you very much. And Grace, thank you, my love. All right. See everybody in two weeks. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.